moment of silence to, for the president. <laughs> <laughs> and we paused for that moment of silence that Juan just mentioned. And now we will resume. Hello and welcome to Savanting the Idiot. I'm your host, Soundsational Sense. As always, my co-host... I'm Death Metal Douglas. How are you all doing? Yeah, and today we have a special guest. His name is Juan Montoya. Juan Montoya, how you doing, man? Pleasure to be with you guys on, on this historic day. Yes. You're Juan releasing an album today for, for a lot of us. We didn't even... That's not even... I didn't even mention that to Sense. Yeah, well, that's... That you just, have something coming out yeah, today, well, that, Friday, well, right? That's a, That makes it historic on a n numerous ways. So... Uh, well, I mean, I mean, if I you listen to this podcast years down the line, you know, you know that the president was just uh, yep. chopper, chopper over to the hospital just because they wanted to transfer him into a more medical environment than the White House. I read about uh, it at two o'clock in the morning, right before I went to bed. I like, and, oh, I, no. and that's what I thought you were implying when you said historic day. And right away, you know, Doug is so anxious to get his teeth <laughs> biting into the music, you know, <laughs> like right away is like, you know, and you're releasing something. But I thought that's where but you that's, were going. That's on your Facebook. Which is still it fine. Friday, you know, you it's so it's, another record it's historic for two reasons. Yeah. You know, that there's a presidential reason why this day is historic. And then there's also what Doug mentioned, which, uh, I mean, you could elaborate shortly on that. I mean, Doug just brought well, it just, up right away. <laughs> well, I was watching the the live the live thing of uh, the live footage, okay, or uh, taping of uh, of debate. Trump. No, of Trump being uh, he went into his chopper so he could go to this hospital. Get to the chopper. Anyway, yeah, but the, but he got but, to the chopper. <laughs> but they didn't film. They they didn't film it live. What they did was they had these cameramen film it from a different angle so okay. they could play it back. And, you know, and so so the audience gets like a, a feeling that, you know, he's going to be OK. Yeah. You know, but when they played it back, they sped up the footage. So he just like came out. It's like like Benny Hill. He came out really fast. Yeah, onto the chopper. That's great. It was just so fast, you know. He he probably didn't want to be seen to make fun of him. That's yeah. Well, I mean, I I personally think that all politics historically is theatrics. So of course, true to form, where's here we go with the theatrics, and that was very theatrical as as you painted. The perfect picture of that, but that's that's great. I, I wish I had the button to like play that Benny Hill music as you said it. it but anyways, um, glorious. The, the yeah. Kiss thing. Speaking of theatrical, okay. we know your favorite band's Kiss, and since you had something about like I put something up on the trailer about about you bringing like a Kiss lunchbox with a bunch of your food because you're like a chef now, or at least that's, got him, you know, got them right here, dude. Got them right here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um. But, you know, since, uh, I don't know if the audience knows this, but, yeah, you're on a phone and we're, like, in the, in our studio and stuff. But uh, I kind of, like, made it out like you were coming by with, you know, Kiss Lunchbox with some food in it. And Sense has a Kiss Lunchbox, like, story that he wants to tell. Well, I don't have a Kiss Lunchbox. Well, but, uh, I, but the, the, the irony is, because we were talking about Kiss, and, you know, I'm doing my homework on the enigma that is Juan Montoya. So I'm looking at, and I was listening to the previous podcast that you were on, where, you know, this, uh, Van this Halen, record... Fair Warning is my favorite Van Halen. I want to put that out there. The record made me high. You were on that podcast. I listened to that. That was actually a great 
uh, podcast, and, and I was able to learn a lot about you and your views on on bands and stuff like that. So I did pick up that you know Kiss is one of your all time favorite bands. Besides, besides not Van one, Halen. I think it is right, or, or it could be the. Well, I say one. I, let's say one of his, the first of his favorite bands. Because Juan, you could chime in here. I mean, I'm sure that you have you. You know, I don't know how your yeah. They, they were my they were evolved. my first. They were my first introduction into you know sci-fi looking creatures playing guitar. Oh, you yeah, know, before <laughs> before it was some like you know. David Bowie or Led Zeppelin type guy. But I mean, when I was seven years old or maybe even younger, I know I was seven years old. And you were born in 72, which since was born in 74, I was born in 68. We don't want to talk about that right now. (laughs) (laughs) But when I was, uh, I was with my mom in Venezuela back in, 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 I'm assuming 77 or 78. I think it might've been 78 because, this I remember walking by a store and they had a Kiss poster there, but I didn't know who Kiss was at this point. I was like, a you know, a six year old kid, uh-huh. and I just saw these men or creatures dressed up, okay, in a super cool way. So yeah. once you see when you're a kid and you see a photo of Kiss, it just you don't you don't forget it. My uncles, you know, my my uncles, I guess, and my cousin were into Kiss, but I was a little bit younger than you. I guess I'm like maybe three years younger. I'm I was born in '74, so by the time I saw Kiss and my family had like a Kiss lunchbox, I was probably only like three, so I wasn't able to have a conscious perception of them. I'm still like, you know, uh, this this blank canvas, and then one of the first intimidating things I see is like Kiss, and that image was totally fucking frightening to me i i remember fucking freaking out and and everybody trying to oh it's just a fucking lunchbox it's just this and that but i think that, yeah that- you could and you could even make out if if there were men or women or if they were human yeah like gene exactly. simmons just looked so bizarre if you're like three years old and you see the image of them you don't even have a category to process it with so yeah i was fucking but terrified. i mean i but of course, you're older than me, so you were like six, so you were able to appreciate. No, I, I maybe. wasn't. I, I was I was younger than six. Well, let I, me I, see. I'm not trying yeah, to, was, you know, project I, that on you. Yeah, no, like around six. You're right. I was six, and then I saw them in that in that poster, and I didn't know what they were. So okay. then, years later, I or the next year, I arrived in the United States. I had family here, right. so that this was in Venezuela, All right. uh, in Caracas, Venezuela. So I got to the United States, and my mom became friend, friends with this guy, this older guy, and he had a son that was 16 at the time. Okay. So we went to visit them, and at that time, you know, I was kind of like just hanging out at the house, and I remember hearing music. It was kind of like in the movies where you hear music, and it kind of lures you in, mm-hmm. and you just follow the music. Yeah. So I, I walked into this guy's room, and you could tell you see a teenager there listening to music, and yeah. I'm like... This is kind of cool. I kind of like, I didn't understand the feeling. I mean, I understand what yeah. it was like to listen to music because it was enjoyable, but this was a different type of music. Like, my parents listened to the Beatles or the Stones or something, but this guy Same was listening to, like, to, yeah, to edgier music. It was definitely uh, yeah, more it's intense. It's something you had never heard before, but it's like the Pied Piper. You're like, you couldn't resist 
the fucking magnetism, the draw. You're like, what is this music? I need to, I need to hear more of this shit. <laughs> kind of. So what? So yeah, exactly. So when we, when, when I get into the room, I talk to the guy. He was a 16 year old kid, so he was probably looking at me like a little kid, whatever. But he was being uh-huh. super kind to me. And then, uh, he, you know, I saw a box of records, and I just started going through the records. So I remember seeing Heaven and Hell. Right. from black sabbath and of course there was the three nuns smoking and they were like playing cards oh yeah that's iconic so <laughs> yeah i just i remember that clearly and then i saw ted nugent like with his arms for gu- his guitars yeah you know, kind of like angus holding, young his arms for <laughs> guitars angus so, yeah, young scared really me cool. before black and back in black i see pictures of him with a guitar spiking in him like a spear and then he like you know him he had horns on hi- highway to hell this is before back in black like, uh, I didn't really know anything about ACDC other than their album covers, and Angus scared the piss out of me as a little kid. Hell yeah, man. I remember that. And then also, uh, I kept on going, and all of a sudden, I recognized the photo of the guys. And uh-huh. it was more like a drawing. Before, it was a photo, but this yeah. was a drawing. And this was the Ken Kelly portrait that he did of Kiss for for Destroyer. Uh-huh. All right. The iconic image. You know, and and then all of a sudden I saw I saw Love Gun, I saw Rock and Roll Over, I saw, you know, I didn't know the names of the records at that point unless yeah, they course. had like the the album title on the on the on the thing, and uh, I was just like I didn't even know English at that point. I was just yeah. learning, little by little. Wow! But I saw them and I remembered it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then I asked him, could you play this? Mm-hmm. And the minute he played it, like the second the needle dropped, I was like super cool i was like yeah, in so heaven weird. yeah i really gone. liked it you were transported to a another dimension you know i, yeah, I mean the awesome. the rhythms the oh mm-hmm. yes the, the everything i mean yeah so yeah, so glam the cool rock like like the sweet you know with those background you know the queen with the ah, you know yeah but it uh, go on what yeah and the music was primal and and you know and of course kisses music especially early on the songs were kind of like s- simple enough for a uh, for a six year old, five year old to get. Yeah, yeah. You know, instantly there was a basic. There was a, there was that. a bounce. There was a bounce. There was a there was a you know mm-hmm. intenseness. Like if I would have heard Metallica or or someone like Slayer at first, I probably would have been like, "What is this?" You know. But with Kiss, it had You're the bounciness. You, you might have it got had the hooks. Overwhelmed. By Kiss or Metallica would be like overwhelming, where you can't process well, it. Kiss had enough of the pop sensibilities yeah, that's for what his he's ears to, to be friendly. I believe the Beatles yeah, no, influence you off, that you'd the, already heard. Just trying to yeah, so better so, understand. Yeah, they, you're saying had, it was more appealing that, to to yeah, a they kid had at your fl- age. They had the flow and they had the catchiness. They had the mm-hmm. hooks. So instantly, I, I really you know dug it. Cool. And cool. Uh, and then I remember when I left, the kids saw how much I got into it. That he gave me two records. He gave me "Dress to Kill," which came out in '75, oh, yeah. Third and he and he also gave me the "Love Gun" record. So those were my first two records officially. My my first two records given to me. But your favorite you know? "Destroyer." You but did a podcast. The awesome on that, part of that is that you know it's not a lot of times somebody gives you the gift of fucking music, and that's what this kid did. I mean, that kid could have treated him like any Joe Schmo, but he <laughs> saw that you know he's like, yeah. I could see you're really into it. You know what? Take this with you, kid, and that's fucking that's fu- phenomenal to me. I thought I thought that was really cool, but yeah. then thinking thinking back of it on it, you know, it's just like at that time, Kiss. What was happening with Kiss during that time? I mean, me, I was just discovering them. 
But what was happening with Kiss was they they planned the major tour and, and, you know, and it started kind of bombing. I think this was like 78. No, 78, they were still hot, but they were like, they did the solo records. And then in 79, they, 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 they went over the. They went over. They did a you know, disco song, which a lot of people didn't like, but the album was okay with. And much. that's why the guy. Well, the what guy he's was trying 16. to say is they hit their peak, and yeah. then you know the, every band has their peak, and then no, their, you their know, downfall was valid, Peter yeah. Chris leaving the band and all that. But anyways, yeah, but I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about right now. Oh, okay, what I'm talking about is that at the, at this point at 16, and while while Kiss were were doing that, the downfall, uh, he probably gave up on Kiss already. He probably had the records, but he was probably already getting out of them. So okay, Kiss at that point, at that point, they're like the Dynasty are record. You, are you almost saying that it might not well, have let me, been, let me it might have been say, 1980 because you ask, said Heaven and Hell. That's 1980. Okay, I was Sabbath. just going to ask, are you saying that it might not have been such a sacrifice for him to give you those two albums? Like, here, kid, take these. He's already kind of over Yeah, Kiss. he might have Yeah, been he, was, he was probably over about, because at that point, at that point that's a lot of people... Kiss lost already their their fan base that oh, was like okay. right. like either high school or college because yeah. at that point kids my age were going to see Kiss and it turned into like a little kitty circus almost yeah you know all right for the for Kiss high school meets people. the Phantom I tried to watch that recently yeah so if you're if you're in yeah, high because school of health, and you see all these little kids with, you're like you don't want to associate with all these little kids it's time to move on I think is what yeah you're saying. exactly because you you go to the shows mm-hmm. you want to like. Either meet girls or, or you know, <laughs> smoke your doobies <laughs> or you know, do whatever. But then Party. if there's pa- if there's parents around, it's like they're like narcs, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. All of a sudden, now all these kids are big Kiss fans, and it looks like this little kid fest. And all of a sudden, it's not for you know teenage type kids. Well, or, you know what? Here's here's an example type. of that. Here's I've got a so good example of that. He's giving us a spectrum of. I've got the, an example of know, that. Anyways, years. anyways, um, my sister brought this up on Facebook. Our first concert was Ozzy Osbourne and Def Leppard. It was when Randy Rhodes was still alive. We went with their dad. All three of us went with our father, and some guy that was right in front of us tried to pass my dad a joint. And my dad, of course, it's my dad with with us as little kids. He had never smoked pot before because he was before that generation, you know, pre hippie or whatever. And and like you know, it's kind of like this guy's like trying to get my dad stoned in front of us, and it didn't work. And it's like you know, you're not supposed to smoke doobies around your parents, but you're at a concert. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're, you're but, try- but back then it was uncontrollable. Back then they didn't yeah. have the security. Back then, oh no, it was like little old ladies that were the ushers, you know. I mean, the security themselves were closer to the stage, but, you know, the people that collected your tickets and were, were there, you know, like after the 30th row or whatever, they're just old ladies and they really can't, you know, they can't find somebody smoking a joint. People hit it pretty well. But then you, you, but then you walk into those arenas and you see a cloud of smoke. That's all weed and cigarettes. <laughs> You know, yeah. that's that's what's but different now. now con- a lot of major concerts they don't allow smoking at all. And then that's that's like the difference with concerts back then and today. Back then it was just like it smelled horrible. It smelled like I mean it, a mixture of cigarettes and, and and weed and just anything up in the air. I mean, and uh, you know, it's it's insane. Yeah. So going back to the what I was saying about like when I discovered the records, I mean to me it was a renaissance. To me it was a. You're already you know, looking at the backside of it. You're saying almost you're being a historian because the the glory days of Kiss had kind of were already passing by when you're just tuning into them. But you can't help it. You're just a you're you're just a little. No, kid. to me to me it was glorious because it, yeah, at that exactly. time 
my whole world was just my parents and I. Okay. You know, and then and then a little shortly I started school or whatever, and uh, and you know I I learned English. I think I learned I must have le- learned English from those kid songs because mm-hmm. that's what I paid attention to the most. I mean, I loved okay. TV. I loved you know superheroes or whatever was coming out at that time. Mm-hmm. But Kiss was like the religious thing for me. You know, the records themselves. And then I remember going over to his house again and he just gave me two more records. Oh, wow. So that start, started me off on, so now he's on got my four. On, <laughs> yeah, on my record collection. Wow. So so at that point it was really cool. I, you know, the first records I bought were Kiss records and then little by little, you know, bought a whole bunch of other stuff. But then, uh, you know, later on Metallica were my band. You know, mm-hmm. Metall- yeah. Metallica was really good. I mean, when I started playing guitar, Metallica was was what was making an impression on me, and that's how I learned how to play guitar. At first, I started doing like chords, but then as soon as I heard Metallica, I started like doing the palm muting, the the attack, you know, the attack, music and stuff like that. That's a perfect thing that you brought out because I want to because I from the other podcast that I was listening to, it wasn't like you went into specifics. I just remember that you mentioned that you didn't take up the guitar until like junior high and you paid about 50 bucks for it is is what you said, you know, and and you you went into a lot of Van Halen and all that. So uh, at that point, like elaborate on the on, on the first. Uh, experience of the guitar when you decided you were going to get a guitar and, and and how did you get the money for the guitar was your parents just got it for you or did you you have to save up for it you know it's like what yeah, was your I mean, journey till to, to you got I mean, that I, first that, guitar in your in your clinches well you know listening to the music i i recognized that it was instruments but back then it was there was so much mystery behind it because i didn't know how to you know how that people record it I think I might have had a hard time like knowing what the bass was. You know, the yeah, ba- the, bass the bass guitar is always the last instrument anybody learns about. I didn't know what it yeah. was at first. Well, I mean, with Kiss, it's kind of like it's there, but it's not. You know, but it's you, pretty loud, but you still. But you focus more on the vocals and you focus more on the lead guitars. Exactly, that's definitely the thing. And the drums and, uh, too, because everybody sees a guy with sticks hitting drums. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. don't really so, under you don't really understand the purpose of the bass at that point because you no, don't understand no. you feel the bass but you don't hear the bass. It's not melodic or anything like that. It's just holding down that, you know, root note and all that. So of course, it's not obvious, it's not primus going crazy or saying or, or here I am. Or, or, yeah, so we get what you're or, trying to say. The bass yes, is just yeah. tucked in there and it's not getting, you know, the star attention of the whole fucking group. Obviously. Yeah, and back then and back then also you didn't know that, you know, you didn't you didn't know that you play an instrument that you could create something like what Kiss is creating uh-huh. or what Van Halen was creating because right. you thought you were just a normal person. You thought that the people that were playing the music were some were people aliens or they someone out of this of world. Course, yeah. Gods. So so See then yeah. and then my own and then my uncle my uncle who ended up he became my uncle because he married my aunt. He's uh you know, I met him when he started dating my aunt and he had a Gibson Les Paul. And he wow. still does. And when I saw him play guitar, that's when I realized, man, I could do. That I want to do this. That's <laughs> what that was my my main wow. initial like. Wow, I could do this. Before you heard the records, and you're like, this, of course people want to play. But the min- but there was no MTV back then. Kiss. I mean, no. they they came out in a couple of news things, but you know they were mainly I think put on like the late news or something like that. 
way later than I stayed stayed up. You know, Your like uncle made it real for you is what you're trying to say. Before that, it was like it was this magic thing that maybe might have been unattainable. But as soon as you saw your uncle that had the guitar in front of your face and playing, you're like, fuck, you know, I, I think I can do this. I'm That's yeah. what it sounds like. And, so, and speaking about that, it's funny because I hear my little daughter in the other room and now she's playing the drums. We got her a drum <laughs> yeah, set for awesome. her I'm birthday. Re- yeah, I remember <laughs> seeing some of that. Yeah. I thought I saw it. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool that I'm talking about this, and like my first moment on. with the instrument. And then, of course, you know, we gave her something, and she's only gonna turn. She's gonna turn three, so she's already got. You know, oh, I thought she was turning four. An I early was, start. I got, that, I got that wrong. Yeah, I was looking on your Facebook because I was trying to get you know things for the trailer, and I noticed your daughter on the drums, and and she, you know going at it on the drums. I was like, wow, see, that's that's how you pass it down. It it, it was nice <laughs> to, to watch, refreshing. Well, I mean, I li- I listen I listen to music all day long. Uh-huh. When I'm with her, I mean, I read her book. She's uh, you know we do activities and everything like that. But she she loves the music, so I make sure I play it as a background, and I and I feel that when when you're playing music for your kid, even if you're doing activities, it doesn't distract them. It kind of puts them in a state of mind that they're able to think and do yeah. whatever projects they mm-hmm. have in front of them. So, you know, I don't know why they don't have it in schools. I think it would be a thing to, you know, make kids tranquil. Cause I mean, that when kids are, you know, at that age, they're all over the place, yeah. you know? But I noticed that when I play music for her, she's just like chilling and she's listening to it. And then she's yeah. able to concentrate on adding something else to you know to what she's focusing on yeah it's interesting that you bring that up it's not like like in kindergarten it's not like they start right out as use utilizing the power of music as to you know nurture a child's development which is it's i totally get what you're trying to say but you know when they go on like you get to fifth grade you might get a recorder and you might have like music class i think that's been neglected i don't think like when we were kids in school they they had they were they touch base kind of you know on music. Well, when you're since you out. also have three grown boys and none of them are really interested in music. Well, but they, they don't are, give a shit about music, no, which no, disappoints the hell out of me. It's not like they didn't grow up in a musical family. Like like my, my kids, you know, I played guitar around them. I did everything around them, and and it They're was like, like the away. opposite effect. Not just <laughs> I'm not trying to say get you down, one. I'm just saying my it, that did, my kids don't give a crap about music. They love to listen to it, but as far as trying to engage them you know in music since they were kids it was almost like they grew up around it it was so natural to them that they didn't none of them really but then they say it skips a generation it's been in my family for a while like it was my grandparents used to do gigs in puerto rico and then my my dad used to serenade my mom my mom and my dad play guitar and all that then they tried to teach cool. me guitar That's super cool and i turned up the guitar over when they when i was four i started beating on it and they're like oh we got a drummer but what what i'm trying to say is i guess by the time i had kids it was time for the genes to rest that shit so that's all. He brought my kids up. Just, I wasn't going to even bring that on up. What their interests and are. not to say I'm disappointed in my kids, but you know, but shit, different, they don't. Yeah, different they just interests. Don't but it would have been a little funner. <laughs> a a <laughs> little. It would have been a lot funner, man. And you know, shit. It, it's it yeah. Was, well, that's a that's a thing. You know, I know our the memories I have of school is walking in, and having to hear someone, a teacher, talk, and mm-hmm. most of the time, you know, they, it's it was kind of boring, man. I mean, I I really. Yeah. I thought school was kind of boring. I mean, there was a there was a couple, (laughs) yeah, yeah. There was a couple of teachers that made it, you know, that made it a lot more interesting. And those are people, the teachers that kind of like are not just reading a book to you, that they're 
engaging really engaged with you and asking questions, yeah. and you know, and and are looking you in the eye when uh, when they ask you questions. Yeah, yeah. that you really know? get that they they care about your response. It's not that well, they're just going through the motions. I played saxophone. Sin- sincerity. I played saxophone in school band, and I just got sick of it. I wanted to play guitar, but um, Juan, you're. I think we're in that time period, like uh, when I was doing saxophone, it was really popular within the in the pop culture. But then, like you know, it's the guitar. Dude, you're, the you're, guitar you're, took you're over. The, you know, you were the you were the saxophonist in the Lost Boys. Yeah, <laughs> and he's that guy's the tail end of it too. I mean, In Excess was the only band with a saxophone. <laughs> Huey Lewis and the News. That was like all dying at that point. You had U two. That's iconic, though. I love that fucking image. But he mentioned the Lost Boys in that particular scene. It's like <laughs> I watched that movie so much that That's, you know, it's VHS is where like we didn't have a lot of movies, but we had that one VHS. I still and I watched exactly. I watched that shit until it popped. Until my dad got sick and tired of me watching that movie so much. But that's fucking great because he's like, I still believe, and he's like accenting it with the fucking you know notes on the <laughs> on the saxophone. And oh then he looks God. like a goddamn. He's built too. It's yeah, like he's not, Conan. Yeah, people aren't. He for Tina Turner also. Looking he's at in her a videos. fucking wrestler type yeah. dude playing saxophone and singing along. It's awesome. But yeah, I, I wanted a guitar and not a sax. I was getting the freaking saxophone <laughs> but, away from You know, me. I'm, I'm thinking what started that movement? Was it that song, uh, I forget them by Rick or something, or what's, I forget his name, Steve something or Rick something. It The, the song that goes uh, Baker Street. Oh yeah, yeah, but that was yeah that was earlier on. That was one of the songs I started playing saxophone in '78, and I quit doing it around '84, '85 because I wanted I wanted to play guitar. I wanted to be like REM or fucking U2. I was like most of my favorite bands. The guitar was like gone. My older sister was like into the English beat and the ska stuff, but I was still like kind of over that. I wanted a guitar. I was like, get this freaking saxophone away from me. Give me a freaking guitar already. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It was it was like such a yacht rock instrument, you know. Yacht at rock. That time. That's. Yeah, I first <laughs> heard that from Kyle from um, great Alabama Thunder Pussy. He brought up the yacht rock thing. Um, yeah. You might know Kyle. He played for yeah. He's, I don't know who he's playing for now. He doesn't really play out as much. But oh, yeah, no, I, great, I was gonna yacht rock. It's Pablo Cruz, Air Supply, all these like eighties, late seventies. You know, uh, and everybody and and that guy from that, from that from that song from Baker Street. That yeah, guy, he's Jerry the one Rafferty. that actually played. Yeah, Jerry, he died yeah. by the way. But well, anyways, yeah, I know. I know. It was kind of sad. But uh, the saxophonist is the same guy who played on Careless Whisper, which was another iconic oh, sax huge, part. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, so and you know, every everybody played sax in movies at that point mm. at that point. So it was guitar and sax. Yeah. At that I point. was just I just decided the guitar was cooler, I guess. But like I said, most Even of my that fa- movie punk rock was another thing. Punk rock didn't have much sax. One crazy in it. summer when, you know, the the he's playing to what's her name? I think it's uh, I forget. Her I, name. I I missed that one. That's Bob Goldflate's in that. Uh, oh shit! Now, Demi now, Moore is in it. Demi Moore. Yeah. He's playing the sax. I saw the guy that played that song, John Parr. <laughs> I went no, with my is it dad better off dead? Dodo, I think I, I think I misquoted. Up. I said one crazy summer, but I think it's better off dead. Which he's playing the goddamn saxophone to you know woo his chick after after they're doing the van halen thing i know what everybody wants you know and they play and you hear the tribal thing and they was like i'll tell you what everybody wants and they're doing the frankenstein scene the, the, that's a great movie too better off dead 
Yeah, that was cool. But guys, going back to the to the guitar thing, I, my yeah. uncle started playing guitar, and then at that point, I ended up buying, you know, or my mom bought me a guitar, like a hundred dollar court brand guitar, which is like a three quarter size. I remember it being small. I'm like, why is this one mm-hmm. so much smaller than the other ones? Because it was way cheaper, you know. <laughs> court. And then I picked it up, and then I started playing a lot of, a lot with it. And right. it got to the point that I'm like, right away, like a month or two later, I'm like, oh, I was already ready for the next guitar. So, yeah. did I, you that, have any I, training? I, I didn't mean to cu- cut you off, but did you have any like formal, like have guitar lessons or just people who knew? Or I, I don't know. No, I just 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 plucking away. Like I think I asked my I uncle did the to same tune with my guitar. guitar. I, I asked my uncle to tune the guitar for me a couple of times. And so a lot of you your know, stuff is self-taught. In other words, you, you're just your drive and desire to learn the instrument is like basically. Yeah. Uh, and my mom okay. was musical. She would sing. Okay. She sang for bands cool, also cool. back in uh, in Colombia. So but she didn't play guitar. But just, all right, all I right. think I had the, the melody in my in my head. Of course, somehow. you know, you so got then, the music in you. <laughs> yeah. And then you, and then pre high school. I finally got my first real quality guitar. I ended mm-hmm. up getting this Kramer guitar, which at that point Eddie Van Halen was I making had a, that. I had a Kramer brand. also. Yeah, so Eddie Van Halen was making it popular at that point, and uh, this and is I went in to junior a local high, correct? Yeah, this All is right. junior high, and I finally went to the to Carol Music, and I tried trading the guitar to trying to see if. Uh, They'll give me anything for it, and dude, they they, they just laughed at me. I remember they're laughing. Yeah, well, they yeah, laughing? Humiliating. Because I'm giving God, them damn. the shittiest guitar to buy. I'm like, you're talking about go, the court okay, guitar, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. as he's as far as he's concerned, he's like he just wants to see what he could get. It's not like he know you know. It's not like you can comprehend that people are gonna laugh in your fucking face. That's that's fucked up. But anyway, go on, go. On. <laughs> so then they uh. They uh they offered me ten dollars. It was like, oh okay. man, ten dollars. Oh be my, able to that do is it. pretty bad. But luckily, my you know at that point, like, but ten dollars is more money back then too. It's not like yeah, we're yeah. like fifty dollars. So, yeah, only exactly. Like a fifth of what but that's what I'm trying to say. What's more money? What made back it then. happen was that I worked at the Dade County Youth Fair. Whoa, right? shit! <laughs> the at fair. The, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I worked. So I worked there, and I met a bunch of people. Like a friend of mine was working on a ride. And then all of a sudden, like somebody else was working at a stand, and another friend of mine was selling uh, cotton candy. So wow. then I was able to save up through, uh, you know, we had a little scheme over there that we would hand each other, you know, like let's say we went up to each other's stands mm-hmm. and we paid somebody $5 to get a candy apple, <laughs> and I would return $80 back as change. And then at the end of the night, we just divided the, <laughs> the, the money. So, yeah, I'm calling myself out. No, but it's all like good, that. though. With FBI hey, is on do, your ass, you got, No, you got to do what you got to do to get what you want. <laughs> yeah, fuck, you know? fuck yeah. the man. Exactly. <laughs> That's, That's what punk rock shit, is all man. About. Hell yeah. Early on, you know. So, yeah, so I buy myself a, really, a, a good guitar. And mm-hmm. at that point, like, like, you know, I love the Kiss stuff. But wow. at that point, Metallica was making the... The a really big impression. I mean, those guys. I was too punk for them. I didn't want. I was into hardcore in like '84, '85, and by the time I heard Metallica, I was like, every all the the metal guys were trying to raid my punk records. Yeah, it was still clicky. Where you know there was a separation no, I was, between metal. I, and I got punk into punk to get away from metalheads, yeah. and they kept coming after me. <laughs> yeah, but the, well, the thing with Metallica is that they had 
the influence. I mean, they definitely had what Motorhead did. Yeah. By they were also in the influencing punk, a lot of the, the hardcore, a lot of the punks, because at that point when Metallica came exactly. out, a lot of the punks tried getting serious about playing guitar. Yeah, you know. Oh they yeah, it happened with DRI and the Crow Mags and bands like that. I st- yeah, they, I still didn't like them because they were metal. But <laughs> he's right about Motorhead. I just didn't give them a chance. If you had a shaved head and you played metal stuff, I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, you know, bands like bands like Metallica at that point, like in the early early days of Metallica, Metallica, they stood out so much. The yeah. sound was different. I mean, it was definitely influenced by punk, but mm. they had the, the the percussiveness of the of the guitar, the buzzsaw sound. And then, the, and, oh, of course, the hardcore thrash, you know. Yeah, the thrash which itself. Which was punk and, before metal. And I mean, and I mean in 80, 83, when the record came out. Did it come out in 83? or? 80, yes, I think, and yeah, the first Suicidal Tendencies album came out then, but... They were having yeah, but metal suicidal. The, suicidal had a similar sound. A little well, bit, suicidal but used a punk. single bass drum. They didn't use double bass drums. They but, were still doing punk. But what they did that was metal was the guitar. The, the drums yeah. were punk, but the, me- the guitar was metal. Yeah, but it was still and, more punk than Metallica. Cause, yeah, because they didn't have double bass drums. Yeah. Metallica was then, double bass drums right out of the right from the exactly. Get-go. And then Motorhead had their sound, but their sound always lead. double bass more, drums with Motorhead. Yeah, yeah well, Motorhead, some- I think, set the precedent for double bass drums. Like, like a lot of people weren't doing double bass drums until Motorhead started metal, doing yes. their fucking double bass but, shit. But it's all about the speed, also. Yeah, they were doing the motor, the, the the drum beat. I don't, I can't do it with my voice, but it's like do that, do 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 that, do that, do that, do that, do that. You know, that's fast. But when Metallica did it, yeah, exactly. But then when you heard the Metallica, like a train. They're like, yeah. it was, it was awesome. So yeah, I didn't have the patience for it because I was like, minor threat is like, or uh, you know, freaking DRI yeah, or any but of minor those bands. Threat, minor threat had it, but they, it was different. It was punk, it, you know. It was cool because they, they, you know, Ian was kind of melodic, but he's also aggressive, and then his his lyrics were great even at that point. Yeah, you know. But, of course, they were but, already broken up by the time I got into but punk. Metallica, but Metallica, yeah. for a guy who who went from one, you know, who was still a metalhead, that shit was the shit, man. Yeah, I mean, I, it was I cool. Definitely understand that. Well, I started you know, off with metal and Judas Priest and Black Sabbath, but I skipped into new wave and then went back to metal with punk. Like I was heavily influenced as a drummer by Lars. I mean, I grew out of it. And then, you know, you have all, everybody talking shit nowadays, and we've covered that too, where, you know, now there's just a meme and everybody says, you know, Lars is not a great drummer. And I, I've even covered where uh, he has his own podcast and just the brief synapses. It almost sounded like he was trying to dredge up Les Claypool's memory of them jamming together. And he was almost trying to goat Les Claypool into saying that he's a good drummer. And I thought that was comical. You know what I mean? I'm so, I, I could go from one extreme to the next where I'm try- literally trying to practice, you know, one and, 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 you know, doing the double bass stuff all the way fast forward years later to being on the other side of that. Like, it's not like I've lost a whole bunch of respect, but like I said, the, you know, a lot of years have transpired since they first broke where they were cutting edge until fast forward all the way now to where, you know, all, all these things have evolved since then. Yeah. It's, it, it, I mean, this, this point of Metallica, you know, you know, it's great that they're still doing and they're still yeah. flying the heavy metal flag, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're a whole different animal now, yeah, you, know, course, you know, back, to, back then, you know, and the same thing with kiss also, when they first started out, they were considered dark, they were considering, you know, mysterious mm-hmm. and, and, you know, 
But then now you see Kiss and people are like, they send me all these Kiss beams that are like modern. I'm like, yeah, it's Kiss people don't get it. They become, I mean, become <laughs> the status quo. Yeah, <laughs> they 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 just you know they people send me on on Facebook. They send me the the Walmart commercial that they did. I'm like, dude, I don't even like this, dude. They just want to. They they either want to make fun of Kiss, and of uh-huh. course they're kind of like they're kind of corny now. Dude. And, they, and they think that because Juan loves Kiss, that you're going to love every single Kiss thing that you get in your direction. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they you know, over kiss they, you. They, they're kissing they lost, you too much. <laughs> yeah, they lost me in the '80s. You know, they lost okay. me in the '80s. They're tongue kissing you like in a gross way. <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're oh, yeah, you, okay. you should have stopped that overkiss. You know? Okay, whatever. Overkiss. Okay, <laughs> let's get over that and go on. Yeah, um, but you know, actually, that's we, the thing. A lot of people don't understand that they were super badass in the beginning, yeah, okay. and and now reading about their early, their, you know, the early stages of Kiss before. Before they, you know, before letting all the shit, all the fame got to their head, they were just some guys trying to make it. Those guys were touring in a, what do you call it, a Winnebago? Is it yeah. a Winnebago? Yeah. No, no, not a Winnebago. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 a station wagon. Okay. They were, they were. Oh, like, so they upgraded eventually from the station wagon to the Winnebago, but they started out in the fucking station wagon. Dude, so, imagine, uh, imagine damn. touring, imagine touring the United States, mm-hmm. and you're in a fucking, and and you're in a oh, in God a hatchback, damn. station <laughs> wagon. Crazy. You know, and I've come three, close. It's like yeah. a, a, it's like a sardine can. And I remember I did it also when I was with Torch. Mm-hmm. We were touring in a van, a cargo van, which is way bigger in a, than that car. But we were carrying the equipment inside. We weren't in a trailer or I think Kiss ended up getting like a U-Haul or something uh-huh. to move the equipment. And then they would travel. They would all pile up into a, a station wagon. Like they they put down the seats and they just laid across. They were like just staring at the at the roof of the, you know, the top yeah. of the car with the probably like the drops of fucking when it was cold, the drops of water. Oh, hang on, like a condensation. <laughs> 